Hey there, you're listening to the Arkia podcast and I'm so thrilled that you have tuned into this episode. I'm in conversation with architect Siddharth Talwar, design principal at Studio Lotus, where we are talking about the journey of Studio Lotus, we are digging deep into the projects and a lot more. Hello sir, welcome to this Hi. live session. Thank how you. are you today? Very well, very well. Very well. How are you doing in this uh, lockdown situation? How is it going? It's going pretty well. I'm better managed now. I uh, you know getting a grip of time, actually being more productive. <clears throat> One is in a bit of a reflective space to look back at you know some of the subjects or things one had to do. So one is able to do that, and so I guess a good mix of doing your own work uh, and then doing a mix, it, mixing it up with the family, spending good time with family as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, it's almost been twenty minutes, uh, twenty years for Studio Lotus. It's Studio Lotus is completing twenty years. So how were the initial years of your practice like, and how has the practice changed in these two decades for you? Yeah. No. Before that, I was actually just wondering. Angur has talked about so much. I don't know what I can <laughs> pretty much. Add no, no, no. <laughs> so yeah, uh, yeah. It's been twenty years, and uh, the initial years were uh, a lot of firefighting, a lot of struggle. Uh, I, uh, if I remember correctly, we were <laughs> pretty much at sites, and you know, we, we, me, Angur, and Amrish came from very diverse backgrounds. So. There was a lot of synergy and a lot of passion over there. So, so I guess we our learning roots were not really from like we were not from uh, offices, you know, who had structures in place. So it was like building up structures on your own, <laughs> learning it, trying it out, you know, like so. It was almost like almost like a work in process, and that's I think the overall culture has carried to since then like we feel each and every day each and every aspect we look at we feel there is some learning or the other yeah right right so uh, studio lotus engages with very different kinds of scales of project so do you have separate teams for separate typologies how does it work in the firm uh, so we've done a little back and forth on this we as i said when we started out we were focusing a lot on to interiors and and that was our uh, focus area for pretty much a long time and then slowly we got uh, and we were doing small projects you know anything uh, pro bono projects so we and so we kind of got into a bit of structure when it came to interior works and 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 then we started doing architecture probably again 7 uh, 8 years back and then we started forming those teams you know when the architecture work came to us uh, some bit of master planning work came to us and and over a period of time actually last few years we've been uh, focusing a lot on integrated projects i would say so 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 based on interior experience architectural experience like i think we can play the whole role we are able to uh, get involved in each and every aspect of uh, the project so and clients uh, some of the clients do look out for that where where each and every aspect can be looked into we are very multidisciplinary so we get into graphics we get into furniture we get into a lot of details that way and i guess we did try 
creating kind of separate uh, special teams, you can say. But over a period of time, we've realized actually, since the project comes to us in a more integrated way and the clients are looking out for uh, that kind of approach. So we don't want to create special teams for architecture, interior, and hence the experience with the client kind of dilutes. So I think we are building up more, uh, more and more as integrated teams where, where through one kind of a stream, you know, the whole project can be taken through. And, and, and a lot of work between the teams happens, between architectural teams, interior teams, and a lot of amalgamation of ideas happen. So that's how I think we'll be, we are looking at and we have been working on that format. And reinforcing that for, uh, further not to really have any kind of special team yes for delivery we have to we have a couple of teams but overall as a design kind of a, a, a in a design format we kind of tend to work a lot together yeah right right so talking about Krishi Bhavan uh, the project in Orissa even we are getting a lot of questions for this project uh, this project is definitely the need of the art so can you please share your experience of working on this project yeah, when we were invited uh, for this project uh, by Odisha government, uh, we we were very clear we didn't want to get into uh, you know like, like a glass box approach, uh, you know like like any typical government project and and how especially the kind of similar buildings which are happening you know probably from Dubai to Singapore to Delhi to Gurugram to anywhere and even a city like Bhubaneswar which has such a <clears throat> diverse and a rich background and it, its own climatic conditions I would say you know we have about uh, so many different geographic and climatic zones in India so Bhubaneswar also has a very typical climatic zone so the idea was not to again just cut copy paste the glass box building and that's what Took, took the Orissa government and, and, you know, the main people by surprise that the whole idea was not for them, you know, the new modern was to get into a glass facade and, a, you know, a totally air-conditioned environment. So, yeah, it does, uh, it did uh, take a lot of back and forth, a lot of understanding, a lot of education uh, need to be, like, we had to go back and forth on those ideas. And I think after a few meetings, we were able to reinforce the fact that, that it should suit the climatic condition, you know, uh, it should have the local nuances fitted in. It should be, as Ankur also mentioned, it should be open to the public, uh, public, just not an autocratic area and, and government should invite people to become part of their building. So, so, so slowly, I think they got involved with their, the government officials started to see the merit in this approach and, and then it, it probably by the time it took a good five years to complete it all it's almost like a landmark in Bhubaneswar now where people come and see it almost like a little landmark in place where, where it, it, it's like complete opposite of any typical government building which you know which is happening these days yeah right so in fact the uh, design strategy that you've used in Krishi Bhavan that suits the local climate so how do you think we can set that kind of a language for Indian architecture and start saying no to what you just said glass card above I think a lot of firmness will be required, a lot of hand-holding, like I think the uh, both from private uh, developers to private clients to even government is looking up for not really going into a glass box typology. They, they are, I think they are educated and informed and they are looking at options where as an architect you can put it on the plate and, and you know put it up for discussion rather than just trying to 
in a way just copy the west or you know copy the given paradigm so i think the government is more informed uh, over there and, and and the government is opening up they they are sensitive now uh, culturally climatically so it's just a question of uh, pushing as an architect or an architectural studio ourselves how much we can push and engage and have a conversation uh, with them uh, so that some unique uh, 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 you know uh, results come from these dialogues uh, uh. and in terms of the passive design strategies again i think uh, one of the first criteria was not again because it starts from there we have to sensitize ourselves to the climate and 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 glass box building is a heat trap so so looking at uh, uh, age old uh, mechanisms like what jaipur has or hawa mahal has or dharokas do or screens do it's just a question of using those uh, uh, typologies or uses those nuances in a, in a, in a, in, a, in a more relevant uh, 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 way which his contemporary and easy to produce easy to uh easy to construct also so an amalgamation of different thoughts i would say yeah right in fact local craftsmen and consultants were used for the for that project how did it differ from the regular consultants that you worked with and uh, did budget had any you know impact on how you were working on these budget had a had a great impact which is why one of for us to get into uh the local materials and and very like very local materials and looking at uh, ideas from from the region it obviously helps us you know uh, uh, limit the budget so it uh, so so we, and we were working on a very tight budget in fact for the craftsmanship we had to create actually a, a separate tender package like it was created there was there was it's typically looked in architectural interior so because uh, uh, government was looking and the cm is a patron of craft so they were looking at uh, craft uh, and we wanted to get craft in an architectural language not really just get a collection of paintings or pictures and throw them across it had to be built in right from a uh, first level thinking so which is why the krishigon facade is a uh, uh, different colors of bricks creating a local ikat weaving pattern over there and, and looking at areas on the plinth level as soon as enter looking at uh, you know condolite stone work done patterns on the floor done which are like which is like a crop calendar <clears throat> weaving in uh, stories uh, uh, mythological stories uh, through dhokra uh, art so so complete package was created and i think uh, more and more uh, there is so much craft in india there is so much craft people who needs to be engaged with they also need to be uh, uh, actively involved <clears throat> a good six months was spent in krishi bhavan to create uh, uh, you know the craft uh, work at it and i believe this is a starting point where more and more whether it's government or or private bodies who can get informed further and start engaging craftsmen just from a mere subjective level to a much larger architectural level i would say and and i think it's possible it's just a question of us as architects having that dialogue and discussion is uh, open right i don't know whether i've answered so, your question yeah nay nay no that is uh, absolutely correct in fact uh, one of the very important questions i think all of us want to know is how you choose materials there's a uniqueness of uh, materials that you choose for architecture projects so what governs your choice of materials and how does budget impact your material choice budget again does play a role uh, but i think it's more than the budget it is like for us the basic tenets to uh, to 
to choose uh, the uh, you know the expression of a of a project or a building or the choice of materials i think it just starts from uh, being local about it it's not really trying to get uh, materials which are far away and just throw them into a project it, it all starts from the kind of project and the kind of uh, product we are trying to uh, make and and then look at influences uh, or look at uh, possibilities which are nearby the by the region and by default since we are working uh, with local uh, uh, materials the budget is is in an order uh, it it keeps tight in any case but it also depends on the project if it is a commercial project and maybe it needs a little more uh uh like a, maybe a little luxurious product to it or people wants to add a little uh, flavor to it so maybe then we can do a mix of materials again which has uh, uh, you know which are rooted also and which can create a bit of a character also and for example in ras jodhpur i would say it's it's a luxury boutique hotel among the top pontnas hotel the idea is that the whole stone was uh, brought from 30 50 kilometers radius and it's all local stone and in fact it is hand chiseled by the craftsmen uh, and a lot of employment to the craftsmen was again given so so using local materials using local crafts people actually works keeps the budget also tight and actually creates a completely different flavor for the product and the product can be luxurious enough yeah right right so uh, the pandemic situation that we are in right now we have been in lockdown situation for quite some time so what would you say are some essential skills that architects can learn at, during this time that will help them in the near future uh, i would say a lot of norms and a lot of hospitality norms a lot of uh, office norms are going to change that's probably adding to what you were asking ankur where you know it will but uh, as an advice or as a takeaway from this given situation i would try to relate design and construction together uh, how you i think how you design will depend on how you construct and and i think post uh, this situation or even the way the situation should be uh, it should be a you know one is looking at different building typologies you know whether it's a home or whether it's it's a it's a hotel for that matter or it's a or it could be any project i think looking at different typologies one as the way we are looking at it is we are looking at it as almost like a kit of parts so the idea is to make the construction more frugal again to the point uh, easy to make uh, easy to construct uh, at site so i see a lot of uh, kind of uh, flexibility you know modularity adaptability should come in which can probably lessen the time at the site and and so so it will engage uh, a, a lot more detailing and thinking at the design level so that you can produce it in a particular way and that's how it gets uh, reaches the site so saving a lot of time at site making with less laborers probably uh, easy to construct mechanism looking at almost as i said a kit of parts will be the way forward as i see you know almost looking at making it more manageable reducing the cost reducing resources reducing uh, you, uh, uh, reducing time i would say so yeah i would see it largely from that way it could be any project but the 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 the, the framework i think we need to start applying in a certain way and that's how we'll be using our framework even in the projects which we are already doing Yeah, pre-COVID, right. post-COVID, and I would like to strengthen that framework forward. Yeah, right, right, right. I think I read that. So it's 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 talks about bridging the gap uh, between uh, the education and students. Is that the question? Yeah, 
Education and practice for students coming out. Yeah. There are a lot of institutes. There is no dirt. Each and you know, institutes are coming up. There are about five hundred schools. So I've been visiting some schools, uh, uh, teaching them. I I see, and I think that's probably it takes me back to our learning when we. Uh, got uh, uh, we were we were educated uh, uh, in architecture. You know, I see there is theory and there is some uh, literature, and basically, people students are sitting in isolation when they are being taught over there. I see a lot of, and they are not really connected to the and not even aware about what's really happening in uh, in offices, large practices. nationally internationally so i think a lot of bridging needs to be done that when a student comes out after 5 years what exactly are there what are the tools they should have with them so that they are they can be enabled to work in in practices you know which and and uh, whether it's again the right kind of softwares they should be learning at and, and i see a lot of gap between what is being taught in theory and what is really required as a as a as a practicing architect so so for example i remember when we were not we were actually taught by a lot of practicing architects people who were practicing working on projects very young and coming to our office and 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 and, and, and coming to our uh, school and, and 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 working with us and i i found it very relevant so i so i think more and more practicing architects can get engaged with the students at an early level so that they exactly know that how you know like what is the business of design i would say it again comes to the business of design that how prepared they are it's not about just design or an architectural notion or or a or a romantic notion of design it's actually how they can be enabled to run their office to run their practice to run their business uh, and uh, so see a lot of hand holding needs to be done as a lot of work needs to be done between some practice architects and who can give time to these institutes and then they will they better prepared when they come up here yeah uh somebody is asking uh some guidance for the ones who are just about to start their own practice after this covid situation i guess we are seeking guidance ourselves <laughs> so so every every other day things are you know the new newer uh, thoughts are coming up but yeah i would the only advice i can say is that this is a good time to reflect there is, this is a good time to get more aware probably probably new thoughts will come up in design uh, whether it's vertical wise or 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 uh, some different projects so some new relevant streams on some new relevant thinking will come up i think it's a time to be more reflective and be more aware what's really happening and and and, and i guess i'm sure that once this time passes by and we all become more sustainable in our approaches and the way we design and the way we think design i think i don't see a great different uh, like i don't see a great amount of difference which is happening but things will need to be kept tight under control and then we'll have to deliver it pretty fast i would say make design in a way that it can get easily constructed easily executed i think and and keeping the top, uh, cost tight would be another parameter so i think it will just be a more uh, uh, a kind of a constrained thought through approach of the way i guess we are designing right now yeah. right what is the most versatile material that you work with i guess for us uh, for me and for us as today lotus i guess the most versatile material is is, is stone for sure i think stone can get used at all levels it can become part of the building as such so the whole building can be constructed it can become part of 
interiors it can be part of furniture it can be part of it can be it can be worked upon textures can be created a lot of work can be done with local stone so i believe yeah stone is one of the most versatile materials which one can work with yeah okay our restaurants and offices shall be adapted post the post the situation i guess the hotel industry banqueting restaurants will get new norms i whether it's terms of the styles of sitting or the seating again arrangements or the amount of people to be let in so i think there'll be new norms which will come in i see offices being more and more flexible more and more adaptive i don't i think one of the ways to take up you know large format office spaces they would be they would be easily they should be flexible i would say and so that it can be uh, in an in an in an out situation you know your your strengths can increase and decrease in offices so it should become more flexible as i said and, and more adaptable uh, from that matter yeah i would say that right uh, there's a masters question how important is masters to pursue uh, architecture or do you think practical knowledge is more important instead of spending 2 years at college again this this question keeps on coming up the way i see it and i can only reflect the way let's say we, uh, we as a we have built our practice or the way i have built my practice uh, yes masters is important critical it all depends what exact subject are you looking at uh, it's just not should be just the notion of doing a masters one should be very clear you know what what subject or work further thinking one needs to do but i guess my the only advice i can give is yeah, yes definitely i don't think uh, schools architectural schools these days give you enough uh, you know uh, on ground practice on ground reality they don't have the on ground reality so i think it would be advisable to join an office for few years you know i would say minimum of 2 to 4 years i would say where one can really get into uh, how to run a business how to run design you know how to engage with clients how to look at different aspects of design you know how to look at presentation so get thorough groundwork uh, uh, from uh, an architectural or an interior practice and then it will also hone you and tell you better what further line of thinking or line of uh, you know subject what would like to choose and then probably take off uh, doing masters yeah that that would be my advice yeah right i'm we're just going to take one last question Uh, how does studio lotus uh, design process transform from when you started how is the design process uh, process transform from when you started 20 years back i guess are for us the design is still always in a transformation mode i would say it is always evolutionary it is iterative i would say i don't think we have uh, uh, like a standard so called design language or a design process uh, our process is we like open uh, like we look at conflicts we look at uh, you know what can what can be what can be the disruptor to the what can be the differentiator or the disruptor to any particular project so we like to put on the uh, you know all the new angles start looking at being aware what a product what a project would require what a client requires and hence every time we when we get into the design process it, it is evolutionary and iterative i would say i don't think we have a like a fixed format and that i think from the beginning till now that's what keeps us going that's what we enjoy doing it you know almost look at a project from scratch you know we, we don't have a set criteria i would say yeah 
and that's what uh, I, I, that's what i think we enjoy working in all whether it's a small project or a large project or any scale of project we like to think what can be beyond uh, you know any given answer or, or any given result i would like to go beyond that yeah right right all right thank you so much sir for joining us in this live session this was a really amazing conversation and you have enlightened us with some really amazing insights about your work culture your projects and how the process works with studio rotus thank you everybody for joining us today in this live session i hope you learned and uh, enjoyed the session as much as i did thank you sir thank you so much for joining thank you us. thank you so much thank, thank you. you thank you everyone thank, thank you so much thank take care bye 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 bye, bye. bye.